One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue, but the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just just fine. There's Jughead and Betty, and Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time, jail time, jail jail time. We got milkshakes and pops. And mimosas at Veronica's Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime Some crime, some, some crime Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine Maybe damaged, damn, damn, damn Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time With Team Cheryl Who's Archie? Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the podcast that always hated Haim Saban. He turns out <laughs> Haim Saban is an anti-Semite. We didn't know this until one of our guests told me this on the last podcast. Hello, Kyle. Kyle, you're joining us. Hello. 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 Howdy. Hi. Howdy. Howdy. I'm sorry to introduce you like that, but I, I like to uh, I like to remind the world of my follies. Hashtag, um, hashtag cancel Kyle. <laughs> no, hashtag cancel some time. Sub- <laughs> um, speaking about people who are always on the verge of getting canceled. Jason, hello. Yeah, seriously, if I'm not canceled yet from this podcast, then you got nothing to worry about. Ivan Ooze will cancel you. Um. <laughs> Michael Dodd, the Birdman himself, is also joining us. Hello, Mike. Yes, hello. I'm also the world's foremost author of Alpha 5 erotic fan fiction. And believe me, that's a crowded market. So uh, being the number one uh, of that subsection of uh, people is pretty impressive, considering this panel might be like the top four erotic fan fiction authors. Let me tell you, you when Alpha 5 meets Johnny Five, magic happens. <laughs> Something's alive. All right. Wow. Um, so uh, we are, uh, you know, there's a rhythm going on in this conversation because this is actually part two of a podcast. The very first part is on Triassic Park. You can look that up on Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. And that deals with the first two Power Rangers movies. And today we're talking about Power Rangers 2017 because there is a Riverdale actor. And uh, since we're just talking about one movie, we're also going to rank all the movies and talk about it, which is actually kind of a preview to a future show we're going to be doing on Patreon. So once we get to that, we'll have a free preview of that because that's how nice we are. We show you what you get. Um, but yes, there is one actor. Jason, who is who that actor and what he played? Uh, yeah, well, he played Moose on Riverdale. Uh, Cody Kersley. Marmaduke. Um, yeah, no, um, he uh, is sort of, I guess, maybe in one shot in this film, but, you know, whatever. Good enough you for know. this podcast. Good enough for this podcast. He what plays is your a character, opinion on, on this a, movie? He plays a character named um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye? Better than, better than that Marvel Hawkeye, because Jeremy <laughs> Renner also bad. I remember exactly. that. Bad exactly. Jeremy Renner. Bad. Jason, what do you think about this movie as a whole, since you're already talking? Um, 
I well, this is clearly the most competently made of the three films. Um, and I really sort of think I think I mentioned pre-show like I, this film really reminds me of like the 2009 Star Trek film, which is sort of like has the same setup, right? You have, um, you know, you you, you have. Um, the main character like stealing a car, getting chased by the cops. You have like you know him him getting in trouble, and it sort of also follows the same like team dynamic. It's a very similar setup. Um, I think it's a pretty good movie. Like I'm I'm surprised it didn't do very well. I mean I know that everyone's been talking about that forever with this film. I, I feel like it probably should have done quite a bit better than it did. I think um, Elizabeth Banks is having fun in this film. I think it's a good movie. Um, I think it's somewhat formulaic, which means that I sort of, um, you know, I, I wane interest in this film throughout. Um, but I think that all the acting across the board is really good. And I think the action's good. And I think there's some great shots in this film, too. Um, the car crash at the beginning, I think, looks incredible. There's the scene, um, you know, underwater where they're, like, um, seeing the where the water meets um, underground. And that looks really great. I, I just think it's a good movie. Um, I don't love it by any means, but I think it's a good movie. Um, and today is the first day I ever saw it. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what there isn't to dislike about this movie really um i think the worst you can say about it is it's kind of formulaic as i said fair fair the Birdman. what think of you of this fine film okay so agreeing with jason this is probably the most competently made power rangers movie if it is a little paint by the numbers um obviously it's your standard superhero origin story with the Power Rangers. Wonderful cast in this. Brian Cranston, Elizabeth Banks, uh, the one guy from Stranger Things. I can't remember the actor who played Billy. Um, he's fucking fantastic. Standout. Um, really enjoyed him. Um, wonderful movie designs of the classic looking stuff. Like, I'm, like there was a licensed helmet produced for this um, of the Red Ranger. Looks friggin' fantastic. Would love to add it to my collection someday. Uh, the toys for this movie didn't go over so well, but um, as a movie, I liked it. My biggest complaint is you didn't see them in the suits for very long. They only got to morph a couple times, and the last big fight scene, they were in and out of the suits in five minutes. The Zord sequence ended entirely too fast but the biggest highlight for me is when Zordon and Alpha 5 send them out they fought a bunch of putties they've morphed Alpha says go go Power Rangers they jump up into the Zords and the theme from the 95 movie hits my heart exploded with joy hearing that I, I've watched that scene on YouTube countless times um, just because it hits the nostalgia bug right in the face. Um, Rita Repulsa, a.k.a. Elizabeth Banks, is fucking fantastic. Weird tie-in with Krispy Kreme. Um, Ugh. Yeah. What hey, is this they, Krispy Kreme? That might actually, Should we mention Krispy Kreme four the more times? point for me in the movie. Like, they explain that other in the commentary that that... Other that than, it became a sorry, sorry. Go, I, I go, go. I just wanted to say, just like other than it just being a bit formulaic, like those are the two weakest points in the movie for me. Sorry, go on. Fair, but in the commentary they say that Krispy Kreme was not originally a product placement only thing. It became Bullshit. one, but it came out of the idea of what they thought would be the dumbest and most like comedic thing to like have this 
very important crystal beyonder. And it, I, I say bullshit. I believe them. Um, I just want to jump in and say it's RJ Seiler that plays Billy. Um, he's yep. he is great in this movie. He's also yeah. great in Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Um, he's great in that fucking movie too. But he's yeah. Earl. But yeah, those yes. are my general thoughts on this. I mean, I guess if I had to share an additional musing for this, the marketing for this movie was handled terribly. Um, yeah, yeah, it was bad. I the, think I think they did a lot of things, like a lot of missteps about like how they revealed the Zord look and that kind of stuff. Like one of the things that bothered me the most, and this is gonna identify me as that guy, um, the toys for this movie were terrible. Now there was a set of Legacy Edition figures which Bandai America held a license. They were six-inch figures, very similar to Marvel Legends, like highly detailed. Those are really, really, really good. But getting a, a complete set was a pain in the ass because um, they were Toys R Us exclusives, or at least I think some of them were. Um, the three and a half inch or five inch figures were not very good. They just poor quality control during them. The interactive movie Zord, that thing was clearanced out at like 20 bucks at, at like one point. I actually, Bandai of America sent me a press package for this and I got like a bunch of the toys. Now the Megazord was okay, but you couldn't move its legs. And in this yeah. era of hyper articulation, like with Marvel Legends, with Takara, Hasbro, Mattel, etc., you expect your toys to move. And Power Rangers toys aren't necessarily known for their articulation, but that's a minor complaint if I had to say anything. So, next in the batting order. <clears throat> nice, nice. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I am going to go right off the bat before we get to Kyle. Um, I'm going to be controversial and say this is one of my favorite superhero movies of the 2010s. I, well, I'm honest to God when I say this, this is not trying to be a hot take. I think this is better than any Marvel Studios movie. I would rather <laughs> watch this than any Marvel Studios Love it. movie. Holy damn. Any of them. Them's any of you know, them, honestly, I would almost agree with you, Andrea, except there are, like, at least two, like, three or four Marvel movies I will, like, go to the bat for. But otherwise, ah. damn, dude, I, uh, I think I might actually I'm there agree too. with you on Cr this. I want to see Krispy yeah. Kreme ain't got, Krispy uh, Kreme beats Winter Soldier every day of the week. That I will disagree <laughs> with wholeheartedly. But, um. Um, I just think, so, like, I just think that this movie has a lot more character, a lot more heart, a lot more actual development a lot of it's to me it seems like an actual script has been written and it doesn't seem as paint by numbers as i guess it, it honestly it feels like uh, the the rest of you might actually disagree and find it actually is rather formulaic but i thought that it was a very realistic way of tackling this subject matter but still trying to like weave in and talk about the like power rangers legacy they they reference like very like in the commentary you can tell they actually love the show because they are straight up just like casually referencing episodes of the show and they they, they it was clear they had a love for what they were doing they just wanted to do it in a different way and i i just think that as far as having anything starring, like, super heroic kids, like, this is a better version of Chronicle, and it doesn't have the baggage that Chronicle has, and I just think Max that Landis. the characters... <laughs> yeah, Max Landis, the Heim Saban of that movie. Um, <laughs> of every movie. Of every movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but... Um, it, I just think it's it's got like characters that I actually care about and I want to see and they go on a journey and it tackles things 
um, like characters questioning their sexuality instead of like being like outright. It doesn't feel as showy as some other movies do when they try to like integrate a more um, like a diverse cast. It seems like they actually cared and they actually tried to make them characters first, not just the paint by numbers, what they should represent on a board of people like they weren't archetypes. Yeah, they weren't archetypes and it didn't feel like they were like, I don't know, joining the Burger King kids club or whatever the fuck. Um, so yeah, so I find this movie really, really good. And every time I watch it, I enjoy it more. Kyle, what's your opinions? Okay. Well, uh, I don't know where to even begin. Uh, it's, I find I find that I'm very heartbroken over the results in box office of this movie because I actually genuinely really loved it. Uh, I I remember the movie coming out and just hearing expectations for the movie and a lot of people dunking on it and just saying, "Oh, this is this some dumb, edgy edge lord trash and." It's all serious and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I liked the idea of a quote-unquote edgy, serious Power Rangers. Like, I must be the only person in the world who likes the idea, but I did. Because I like fight scenes, I love martial arts, I liked the concept of Power Rangers, and I liked the idea of, it, of uh, you know, something taking itself seriously. I was okay with the idea, and seeing the movie, I really loved it. Um... Uh, and just saying this as the quote-unquote uh, SJW of the group, I really appreciate uh, Trini being gay and uh, Billy being autistic. I thought that was really awesome and a really cool modern update. I really appreciate how much they fleshed out those characters. Um, agreed, agreed. I really love the action sequences. Unlike many other modern action movies, I appreciate that there was no stupid shaky cam. You can actually see what everyone's fighting and what they're doing. The fight scenes are well choreographed for what this movie is. Um, I think Decree, Montgomery, Naomi Scott, RJ Seiler, Ludie Lynn, and Becky G, the entire, you know, Ranger crew, everyone brought in excellent, likable performances. I appreciate the cool little throwback to the Breakfast Club in the movie with, you know, everyone being a bunch of losers and outcasts, and I, I actually really loved that idea. I bought it uh, wholeheartedly. I, I bought the concept and thought it was actually really well made and well done. Everyone's a loser in their own way, and they come together as friends to understand themselves as teenagers, and I thought this was handled extremely well. Uh... I genuinely really love this movie and think it's, uh, I'll actually have to agree with Andrew, it's one of the better uh, superhero movies of the decade. And I actually, no, fuck that. Not better, it's one of the best. It's really handled well. There's a lot of heart. I think uh, people should watch this movie to understand how to do dark and edgy correct. How to do it the right way. I, I don't even know if I would title this as dark and edgy. Like, I think that... Dark a little more grounded, maybe. It's a little yeah, more grounded, yeah. but like dark and edgy kind of implies like a, like a trolley edge lord type, and I don't think that this movie really has that in it. I think it it comes from a place of like trying to like actually talk about them as people yeah, instead no. of like ay ay ay. No, but I feel like uh, I, I think to quote unquote do a quote unquote serious reboot. If uh, you want to know how to do it the right way, watch this movie. I think uh, this movie does that so much the right way. Uh, and, you know, special shout-outs to the other celebs in the movie. Uh, Brian Cranston is a great Zordon. He brings in a, so- a solid, competent performance uh, for what his character is. And Elizabeth Banks just hands it up and chews the scenery. She's great. Um, 
there is so much about this movie that I really ended up enjoying, and I was just really pleasantly surprised leaving the theater. I thought it would just be all right, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I just hope it's a good time at the movies, and I got more than I uh, bargained for. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I'm especially blown away by... Uh, uh, Decree Montgomery's performance as Jason because uh, he plays a fucking monster in Stranger Things and to see him play the leader Jason and play him well and be extremely likable is a really good uh, sh- you know pro- uh, improvement of his uh, acting quality, his acting chops and uh, yeah, I, I was just really blown away by the cast, everyone is excellent, uh, really handled well, uh uh, I'm, honestly, if there was another thing I could say that left me a little brokenhearted other than this movie not doing well at the box office, uh, I'm sad we're no longer in the era of, uh, big-budget Hollywood movies getting licensed video games, because I feel like this movie could have made a really cool co-op beat-em-up video game. That's very true. You know what? That's a, that's a very good point. There was um, a mobile one, I think, but I don't think it was yeah, very good. Oh, there's mobile yeah, everything. Yeah, it's mobile, though, unfortunately. I'm not downing on mobile but it's just it's a different era i don't know it, it's it's a different era i think i think mobile games can also they're not as accessible necessarily yeah. right so like i think i think the accessibility options are a bit down because it's hard you think that it'll be available for everybody but like touch screens itself is already like limiting to a lot of people yeah. tiny text yeah, no yeah. kidding. I am um, uh, just piggybacking off. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, as someone who's legally no. blind, uh, tiny text in video games is a very big recurring problem to me, and it really, uh, it's uh, very angering. I would, I would, Ooh. I bet, I bet. Well, I, I was just going to piggyback off of kind of what you guys said, which was um, about this being a superhero film, and and really this film is sort of the that first Avengers film, right? Like it's about people with uh, disparate. Uh, personal issues, right? Coming together and finding commonality to fight um, in, in selflessness, right? Selfish people becoming selfless, right? For a greater cause. And I would argue this is a better film than that film. I, I know that that's probably a little controversial, maybe not in this group because everyone, a bunch of you guys said that you, you think it's one of the best Marvel movies or better than most of the Marvel movies, but I think this is a better than the first Avengers movie. Plus, you don't have to deal with Joss Whedon. True. Bow. Um, what do you guys feel about? You guys mentioned some of, uh, and I was just curious because I don't have the attachment to these characters as much as you guys. What do you think about like Bill Hader as Alpha Five? Because he does I, a lot of talking. I loved it. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Okay. I, I loved a, it. I thought it was I funny. Was impr- I was actually really impressed. He brought in a certain amount of uh, corniness that the character requires mm. and did a good job. He didn't overham it. He didn't underperform it. He did a good. He did a really good job. Gotcha. Because really, in the show, like he just sort of says "I, I" all the time, right? He doesn't well, he do he talks. Much. He has he has things to say. He's always like, "Rangers, we believe in you. We believe in your ability." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's platitudes and I, 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 right? Some yeah, but he could have is more of a character. I feel like than uh, you know. And again, I haven't seen a ton of Power Ranger stuff. But I guess no, Alpha like Five is not a character. Nor when he becomes Alpha Six does he become a character. Alpha Five <laughs> is never given a proper character arc. He just exists. The only place he's ever given an arc is in the comics, and even then, it, it took a while. And and yep. and by comics, he means his own erotic fan fiction. Yes. Ay ay ay. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah. That's uh. That's a di- it's a very different take on that character. Um. What did everyone think about Rita 
Because I think that can be a point that some people break. Because it's really... So Elizabeth Banks brings the OG power. Like she is doing like an Ivan Ooze level performance in this movie. It's a little creepier and it's like, and it's given uh, different, more modern effects to like bring it out. But this is really doing the exact same thing that uh, Paul Fries was doing in that very but, first movie. But you can't really come and be not as dark with taking the subject matter as serious as this film takes it, right? Like, you have to add a level. And she's willing to kill Power Rangers. Like, I think she's great in this film, quite honestly. Oh, yeah, she's honestly. fantastic. That's just my, I mean. Oh, her, I love her. I would her, marry her. I would do anything for her. Her being, <laughs> the, her being the Green Ranger, I thought that was fucking clever as hell. Yeah, same here. That's interesting, same yeah. Was that canon in the show at all, or no? No. no. Well, she, she was just a person, like you mentioned? Yeah, well, she's a witch from a, another planet or something. In the comics, it's a little bit different. Like, she found the dragon coin from some thing, and she's imbued it with power to create the Green Ranger. But, again, Boom Studios comics is different from the official continuity, so whatever. Right, right, which is different from uh, the the witch Bandora from the Zoo Ranger show, where she just wants to murder children and bring back Satan—a literal plot point from that show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a bit different, but uh, yeah, I wonder—I don't know if anyone knows this. I'm genuinely curious. What is Power Rangers in Japan? Like, did this movie get ported over to Japan? And if so, what did Japanese audiences think about it? I don't it? think it did too hot in China for some reason. I think they were really counting on that. Yeah, I was, I, that, I that's also, probably. I was also counting on that too. I'm like, come on, like, okay, this may fail in America, but come on, China, please, just for this one thing, can you just make it work, please? I'm surprised because, like, uh, like I said, the only reason Pacific Rim got a sequel, the only reason like half of those giant monster movies got made in that in that period after Pacific Rim was because Pacific Rim did big money in China. So I can't believe, guys, that this movie started with a jerking off the bull joke. Yep. Yeah. Can we talk about that for the next 20 to 25 minutes? Aye, aye, aye. Yes, we can, <laughs> Zardan. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah. So what do you... Uh, opinions on Zordon's face face thingy? <laughs> that was interesting. It's like when you... If you've ever been to like a store and they have those toys where it has all those like pins and you can put your face to it. You know what like this it. was? Do you remember in the Matrix Revolutions where the machines give a face to their consciousness and it's the weird baby this is the old man version of that okay okay the tracks the tracks what was zordon okay in the original show what was zordon supposed to be like a being whose energy got trapped or just a giant head that like floated around well, he, in that one of these movies the thing explodes and he's laying in a bed for half the movie so i don't i, I can't tell what the hell he's supposed in, to be in the show or in in the canon, as far as I understand it, he's Zordon of Eltar. He's a sage, and he helps guide people to protect the universe, which is the Power Rangers. And for some reason, he's sent to Earth because that seems to be a focal point where all these bad guys come, be it Lord Zed, the Machine Empire, Divatox, etc., etc., etc. And he's just there to guide teenagers to with be attitude. the with attitude to be the best that they can be. It, it, it's explained a little bit more in the comics. He helps represent the Morphin masters and the emissaries who control the morph, the Morphin grid. That's as I understand it anyway. More phenomenal. 
So he's in that. So is he actually in that crystal? As far as I know, and, yes. Like he's trapped there, or at least okay. his projection of his consciousness is. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. Was like because this film treats it like he's dead, and this soul is trapped in this. I think. Ship, I right? think that's how it. How he is like his physical okay. body's gone, and he exists as this. Gotcha. So it's weird when Ivan Ooze blows up the crystal and he's just like laying around. Yeah, but it's like, huh? Well, that's new. <laughs> I guess they just, you know, they did whatever they wanted in that movie. Let's yeah, 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 fair enough. They fair just, enough. They just did whatever they wanted. They're like, and then the Power Rangers watch fireworks, and it goes, wow, look at, thank you, Rangers. Wow, what a great fireworks performance. Damn, everything's great. Oh, there's an Australian dad. It's fine. He and just then, moved to uh, and then, Angel Girl from Australia. And then cue the Van Halen. Where we yes. kick Ivan Ooze in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Into Haley's Comet. Holy fuck, we didn't talk about this. We, where did <laughs> Haley's Comet come in that first movie? It just wait, 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 wait. We're not talking about that movie anymore. We are. This we have to talk podcast. about that brief, brief. This is a different podcast. No, it's not. It's all the same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all the same. Rick and Morty forever. Um, <laughs> oh, wh- God. What was, where did that comic come from? Did they set that up in the movie? No, it just, Haley's Comet was a thing in the 90s. If you missed it. I think I think the next time it comes around is 2036. I don't know. Um, oh, I know about Haley's Bob, Hale Bob comic because there's. Oh. You know, well, I, I, I used think... to be able to see it crystal clear when I was a kid. Did, so, do you think that the souls from Heaven's Gate helped them defeat <laughs> Ivan? See, that's in the three-hour director's cut. <laughs> they then tie up those loose ends and Turbo. Is that what Zordon is? Is he, uh, you know, what that Marshall Arpoite? Uh, Marshall Arpoite. Uh, um, anyways, uh, knowing <laughs> too much about cults, that's my jam. Um, yeah. yeah. So this movie is good though, and yeah. So they do kind of mention things like the morphing grid, but they never really just they don't really talk about it. To be honest, like, where do they explain the morphing grid? Because everyone who's, like, a Power Rangers nerd knows all about this. But, like, I'm pretty sure I watched three seasons and they just go, more phenomenal! And they don't explain what the fuck they're talking about. So the where the fuck o- you learn this shit? The only place it's ever really explained is in the Boom Studios comics. And even then, it's never really been super well defined. Um, because they want to keep it mysterious and everything. It was explained a little bit more in Shattered Grid and Beyond the Grid, which were which were two of the latest arcs in the Boom Studios comics. Shattered Grid was issue 25 to, like, 32, I think, and then Beyond the Grid lasted until, like, issue 40, and then it was Necessary Evil beyond that. Okay. Um, So they kind of talk about it in there. They talk about the nature of the Morphing Grid and how it connects powerful people and can help good people, but also people that are bad can use it as well. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Good to know. It uh, doesn't really explain anything, but it's good to know. Um, yep. That's classic. That's classic Power Rangers. It's like uh, they built a franchise off of a Japanese show, so they really had to get creative with the it's lore. It's really smart because you can kind of make it whatever you want and whatever property you're using if you never explain it. And it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that is this movie. Um, I don't know what else to, to really there is to say about it other than to be like it's good they tried they actually put a lot of effort in there filmmaking prowess is on display there's no tommy oliver so that's a plus he he Um, is in the movie for a split second oh you mean jason 
Yeah. Than Jason David Frank. And they introduced the idea of the Green Ranger in a mid-credit right. scene. They're in Did you know detention. They were thinking about casting Tommy as a lady. That would have been fucking cool. Whoa. Yeah, it was gonna. Yeah, it was gonna be a the the, the scrap sequel. It was gonna be like a lady Tommy Oliver. So then it would be like an even split on the team. It'd be like three and three. Um, that would be. Fun fa- here's a little fun fact I learned about the movie with doing some research for it. Uh, and this kind of links back to uh, being related to Riverdale. Uh, oh, don't tell me someone's going to get canceled. No, Who do I have to get, I have no, to go retract? No, no. I have to go retract <laughs> so much of this. Hold on. Hold your horses. Uh, the thing is, uh, one of the auditioners for Jason was, of all people, get ready for this, AJ Kappa. Oh, KJ Kappa! Archie motherfucking Andrews himself. I oh, that, would explain, that would explain why he punches so much stuff in that yes. Riverdale because he's just so mad he didn't get to be a Power Ranger. Yeah. He just like mm-hmm. goes around. And he's like, I wish to be a Power Ranger. Punch, punch, punch. Billy from if he was in this movie, Stranger he... Things stole it from me. That's Australian son of a bitch. <laughs> if he was in this movie, you just would have punched a river until it diverted into that fucking molten lava gold monster and it movie over. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dodd, what do you think about the reimagination of Goldar? That's probably a sticking point for some people before we go to the end. That's don't like a, the look. Yeah, you don't like the look. It's not a yeah, great look. a little too look. flimsy CGI. I feel like they could have like, done a lot better. The thing yeah. is, Goldar has a pretty cool history, again, from the comics. But even on the show, he had personality. Here, he was like, I'm a monster made of gold. Go kill something. Okay. Roar. Um, yeah, roar. Like, fuck off. Um... It's one of the most iconic monsters. He should have been something devastating. Now, having Goldar as a henchman to Rita would have been cool. And if they should have fought a monster, it should have been the big bad at the end of season one with, like, Cyclopsis or some shit like that. They should have fought the wrapping pumpkin. That would have been amazing. Yeah, See that wrapping pumpkin? pumpkin? Or that lipstick the wrapping pumpkin thing. in CGI. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you are crap. Unless you listen to my rap. <laughs> um, that's, that's about on par with the actual raps that Pumpkin does, by the way. Like, that that Pumpkin's not Oh, so Warwick Davis from the Leprechaun movies level. <laughs> hey, don't talk oh, shit about Wicket, man. You could get Warwick Davis to play that Pumpkin. In that and I'm movie. not and dissing that... by any means. I fucking love Warwick Davis. That guy rules. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, he gave it his all. He gave it his all for those terrible fucking movies. Um, Did you know Ice-T was in one of those movies? Yep, he was in the first <laughs> Hell one. Hell yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he went for, like, Zordon or something. Like, Ice-T yeah, no, Ice-T Yo, punk-ass bitch. Was in, the, was in the first Hood movie. Also, to quote my favorite line from the second Hood movie, What's up, ninjas? Okay, yeah. I was like, oh god. I'm kind of scared where that was going. I'm now officially cancelled. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm Simbon's back on our menu. Yep. Um, it's okay. Hey, Simbon is safe. Kyle was cancelled. <laughs> that Love is not it. true at all. Hans Simbon is an anti Semite. I just learned it today. He bad. Okay, so that was that movie. And it was a movie. And there was very minimal Riverdale connections, but, you know, it felt like it was time to do, like, a combination of everything. So I'm kind of, I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad that we brought it in here. Now, what I'm about to introduce to us is we're going to talk, and we're going to, each one of us is going to give our rankings for the franchise. We're going to go worst to best, and we're going to get a consensus. So it's basically, we have to pick, 
everyone is going to go what their worst one is, and then we'll see if we all have the same, or if we see we need to edit it a little bit and change it a little bit and argue it. If we need to, if one person needs to do a flip-flopping, we'll figure it out because there are four. We could all have different opinions. We could all mess this up. But this is basically a preview for what we're going to do on Patreon, probably... Uh, I would say maybe twice a month or so. Uh, sorry, twice every two months kind of thing. So that would be a month. So once a month? Once a month. <laughs> Look, all right? I can't add, okay? <laughs> Shut- <laughs> twice every two months? It's okay. it's okay. My math skills are garbage, too. <laughs> all right. So what I what I we're going to call it is the Patreon Franchise Roundup, where we talk oh, – I meant to go hoedown. Damn it, because that rhymed. Anyways, that's why I'm not a rapping pumpkin, guys. But where we kind of do this. So we're going to start to give you kind of a preview as to what we do, and we're going to do that for the three Power Rangers movies we talked about. Because why not? Does everybody have their worst? Does everybody in their head have these ranked? Or do I need to give anyone some time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, Dodd, are you Um, ready? I'd say, yeah, I'm good to go. Okay, okay. All right. My okay. worst. Oh, your worst. Okay. My worst is Turbo. Dodd, what's your worst? Turbo as well. Okay. Jason, what's your worst? 20. No, no, Turbo. That's okay. True. Kyle? Uh, Turbo. Hey, we all agree on the worst Power Rangers movie. Turbo, you fucking suck. So, this is where we're going to get a little bit controversial and we're going to have some swing votes. We're going we're gonna to do this, and don't worry, we're not going to do it like it's a broken electoral system. No one's vote matters more. Second best movie in the franchise. We're going to go bottom up this time. And that doesn't mean anything to anyone listening other than me, because everyone's in a different order. Wow, good on me. Kyle, second best. Uh, Mighty Morphin the movie. Jason, second best. Uh, 2017. Mike, second best. Mighty Morphin. Oh, yeah, Mighty Morphin for me, too. Wah, wah, wah. Suck it, Jason. Suck (laughs) it. Suck it, you lose. Eat a (laughs) duck. Or maybe several. (laughs) Whatever. I, 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 uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so our number one is, uh, is pretty obvious there, be other than, other than Jason. So Jason, why would you say that the original was like number one for you? Roller yeah, blader. I mean, tw- um, those two are actually really, cl- like, um, Turbo's like way down at the bottom in 2017 and Mighty Morphin's Power Ranger are really close, so I'm actually not that upset about it. Um, it's just because the 2017 is so much like all of those new freaking um you know comic book movies and ivan ooze is just something special like it has a special place and it can't be replicated right like i could watch a thousand other movies that are sort and i and i agree i think this movie does that kind of better than any of them but i've seen like a hundred other movies that are sort of like this whereas you can only watch belloc giving and people fucking slime in a wizard hat in one movie in the world so to me you know it's special you know what that's fair that's fair um normally this segment would be longer but you know we all agree so it's less of uh it's less of a thing to go through and we're obviously 
when we do this on the Patreon specials, we're going to talk about probably longer running franchises where it's going to get a little crazy. Um, and this is just a, kind of a nice teaser. So if you are interested in that, you can uh, go on Patreon, which is Milkshakes and Mimosas on Patreon. Um, and where... I can't can... wait for that. So sorry. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be great. Um, Jason... Just kidding. I don't want to hear where you can be found right now. Yeah, me Kyle, either. Kyle, where can you be found on the interwebs? I can be found on Twitter and Instagram as ChibiUFO, where you can find me posting about disability advocacy, uh, retro video games, queer shit, horror movies, and uh, that alike. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Mike the Birdman Dodd, where can they find you and your work, but also find your Zordon Alpha 5 slash fix? Well, if you are so inclined, you can always find me at thisweekingeek.net. New shows are posted every Monday for sure if it's the Twig main show, and new shows are sporadically posted throughout the week, such as Nerd to the Third Power, Turtle Treasure, and The Prototype. You can find me on Twitter at thisweekingeek, which is managed by me and my uh, co-host Alex. Uh, my personal Twitter is at birdmandod, where I mostly post cat things, cute pictures, and all that sort of thing. Okay, so I talk about video games and disability rights, that sort of thing. I get a little bit political on there. And on Instagram, at BirdmanDad, where it's a lot of cat pictures and memes. So I'm everywhere. And occasionally you can hear me across Canadian radio, where I talk about the zeitgeist that is the geek pop culture world that we currently exist in. Nice, nice. And Jason, for real now, where you be found? No. No, I don't want to do it anymore. You fucking people can't follow me anywhere. Goodbye. Perfect. Um, yeah, as always, you can find this show on Twitter at mpodcastm. Rate us five stars if you're so inclined. If you're inclined to rate us lower, just don't do it. Just don't do it. You don't need to do it. Just rethink your life and go out and hug a cat or something. Make better decisions, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. Make but better decisions. remember, regardless of what you write, if you do leave a review, I am obligated to read it on the air. Whatever words you put on there. Um, not whatever words you're putting on there. Whatever there is, words. There are some, there are whatever some Whatever words, um, in whatever order. Great, so prepare to read a lot of erotic fan fiction when Dodd goes to raid us on... Uh, <laughs> I'm prepared. That's, I'm counting Lots on Lots of things going up the pooper. You can't wait. As he puts the cat seduces Alpha 5. <laughs> Alpha 5 going call... up the pooper. <laughs> All of Alpha 5. It had to be Heathcliff. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. I want to do the fish boning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For all other trash, you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. And as always, blame the CW. Goodbye. Goodbye.